Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity, seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, did you capture it? Locked up in the back. Couldn't unlock it. Can you believe that? And I started 30 days ago. I'm like, man, I already got injured. <laughs> oh, Chuck, let's talk about something way more exciting than that. Let's talk to us about our results. Q1 for Momentum was probably one of our best quarters that we've had in a long time. Talk yeah, to us really about good that. quarter. It was, it was really, um, March was the catalyst. We 122% to goal in March. I did that for you, Sean. I didn't say March. I said March. Um, we were 102% to our quarterly number. So not a, not a, wasn't our biggest quarter of the year or biggest quarter of well, this year, but it wasn't the biggest quarter of last year. Uh, but still overall it was a really, really strong quarter as we're heading into Q2 and heading into, uh, you know, into the channel show in Las Vegas in a week or so. It's, uh, it's real important to uh, put the pedal to the metal. And build on that momentum. See what I That's did right. there, Build on momentum. I like it. Keep the momentum going. Keep the momentum. Speaking of keeping the momentum going, we just came from an executive offsite um, where the executives got together. How was that? Uh, it was really, went really, really well. It was up in Rosemary Beach, Florida. Um, we spent uh, two and a half days coming together as a group. We do this twice a year. Uh, it was about uh, 14, 15 of us. And, uh, you know, we just come together and and uh, make sure that we're all uh, aligned in the in the right direction and working together to continue to achieve what we're achieving here, momentum. So, but here's here's something interesting about this. So, for the last what six years we've been on board with the company, you and I have worked together forever. the The owner, or excuse me, the CEO of this company is an avid. I mean, avid golfer. Scratch. He's a scratch golfer. Scratch. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. He loved, I mean, so much so he's had us play at places like Kiowa Island, uh, TPC Sawgrass. You and I have played Spyglass, Spanish Bay, all these places, String Song. He loves golf, but not this year. What did you convince him to do, Chuck? What did you convince him to do on the, on the recreation time we got together? Pickleball. We all pickleball. played pickleball. Well, not all of us. Not everyone wanted to uh, try it, but... We all played pickleball. I brought eight paddles and we would play pickleball. In fact, one of the executives came to us a week or so ago and goes, Chuck, how the heck did you get him to give up golf and convince him to play pickleball? Well, I think uh, it had a lot to do with our gold club trip in Jamaica. Um, Lisa and I brought, again, I think we brought every paddle I owned. We brought it to Jamaica and uh, we had uh, every morning from like seven to 10, we played pickleball. I had a couple clinics. I even asked the uh, local pros to play with us or against us um, a few a few of the mornings. So um, Lisa and I like pickleball. So we played played a lot of pickleball and brought it up to uh, the executive I saw a video, or actually it was a podcast. It was a podcast of a gentleman who has his own podcast called Tennis Sucks, and you were on there. Like he was, he and his partner were, were speaking, but they actually had oh, there you it is. on, there it is. Watch this. So there's, 
Lisa's playing. Look at that. Lisa's oh, returning. I hit it out. I think you just hit it out or something. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, I hit it out. Lisa was probably playing better that uh, day or point or match or whatever it was. But I, I, I think the next one, I also, Lisa hits it well. She keeps it in. Uh, I He lobs it over. Lisa smashes it again. Uh, Lisa smashes it again, gets to me, and I hit it um, into the fence like I'm a baseball player. There it goes. <laughs> well, listen, speaking of pickleball, what what is that shirt you're wearing? What is that? Oh, this this shirt here. Yeah, this is my this is my Sunday Swagger shirt, Florida Smash logo. In case you're wondering, you got green, you got purple, and you got orange. So it like covers all the colors of rainbow. Florida Smash, right there. Look at that. Sunday Swagger, Florida Smash. That's it. And you see the Florida Smash logo. Do you know who Florida Smash is? I don't, Chuck. Will you tell me who Florida you know, Smash is? Do you know who the owner of Florida Smash is or one of the owners of Florida Smash is? I have a feeling I'm going to meet him real soon. Who is that, Chuck? It's Travis Rettenmeyer. Travis? That's me. How are you doing, Judge? <laughs> Welcome to Momentum Mondays, man. That is exciting. Great-looking shirt. Great-looking shirt, Chuck. Great-looking shirt. Thank you, Travis. Um Travis is not only uh, one of the owners of Florida Smash and the Major League Pickleball League, um, but he's also the only owner that's also a player. Travis, how long have you been playing pickleball? Give us a little bit of your background. How do people watch Major League Pickleball? Pickleball, I've been playing about 18 months. Uh, play at the same courts Chuck plays, which is how I've gotten to know him because Chuck never leaves there. Every time that I show up, he's been there for four hours. I'm surprised he has a job and he's doing a podcast. I didn't know he did anything else. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been there about 18 months, played tennis my entire life leading up to it. So the transition was pretty seamless and it's way more fun. Obviously my, my podcast is tennis sucks. I do not like tennis. I do not advocate for it. Pam, uh, apparent references. They're going to put their kids in it. I strongly tell them don't do it. Um, but pickleball has been a godsend to me, like the best time I've ever had in sports. So, yeah, Major League Pickleball is where I spend the majority of my energy and time now. You can watch it on CBS Sports for the final, or the average stream is just on YouTube for the time being. That's great. Wow. And so w- one thing, I've been, to, uh, I've been to two Major League Pickleball events, one in Columbus last uh, October and then one in uh, Daytona Beach uh, a few weeks ago. One of the biggest differences I think of Major League Pickleball than the than the typical PPA is is really the scoring and the structure, right? It's it's not a serve. You get a point, you move sides, you stay on your side, and the scoring is much different. Talk about why the difference and which one do you prefer? Uh, really good question and a tough one to answer. The the rally scoring that we use in MLP is much quicker. So you know you you get a point whether you're serving or receiving, play to twenty one and they implement what's called a freeze at 18. Initially, you only froze and had to win the last point on your serve at 20, but if you are ahead now and a team is coming back, they freeze at 18, so there's not a huge advantage essentially for the team that's behind. The reason that's important is because the way that the the scoring is structured, it creates drama. You're, You're gonna have a lot of comebacks and it's meant for that. It's meant to create matches that are within two or three points on the regular. The biggest difference between you and I, Chuck, playing a game, not that you and I would play a game because that wouldn't be any fun, but playing a game 
uh, is a game in, in rally scoring takes about 25 minutes. Uh, a game in normal scoring can be, you know, an hour and 40 minutes. So it's a pretty substantial difference based on the scoring structure because you and I could play for 20 minutes. Well, again, not you and I, but me and someone of comparable skill level could play for 20 minutes and be at zero, zero. And we've played 20 points that can never happen in rally scoring. So for a couple of reasons, it's important for, for sales to television, we want to ensure that we can have a structured time frame so that the entire MLP match runs in roughly two hours. We can guarantee that with the scoring structure. If we had the standardized scoring system and you had four matches running, it could be four or five hours. Nobody would know. So uh, that was kind of the, the birth child of, of Steve Kuhn. He's a very sharp guy, kind of saw things far long before uh, anyone else did. And as a player, it's a pressure cooker because you better be good early. It's like I said, the match is only about 20 minutes long, your particular individual match. And then, um, yeah, if you're not on early, like I said, 20 minutes, you're done. Yeah, that's it's also what I like about it. You're, you're a team of four. You have uh, you know men's uh, playing, men's versus men's, and you have women's versus women's. And you have mixed, of course. Um, but the, I think the most exciting part is when you get to the dream breaker. If it's a 2-2 match Tell us about the Dream Breaker, and uh, you know you're a huge singles player as well. Yeah, so it's a really fascinating system that uh, he came up with. We do men's first, women's second. Or sorry, women's first, men's second, and then you choose your mixed lineup. So four people on each team can be any age. Um, and if we are at two-two, then the home team gets to choose which four players they want to put out first, and then the away team matches their four players to so those four. You play four points, then your partner plays four points, then the next person plays four points. And the reason it's interesting is you can have, which happened years ago, you could have a 25-year-old male playing Lee Whitwell, who was you know, 45, a female, and you get these really interesting point dynamics that just don't come up in any other pickleball event. Um, and the team format in general just creates more drama. It creates more energy. It's, it's way more fun than anything you're going to see on a standardized PPA event. That's awesome. Um, one other question around the MLP and, uh, I see some stats popping up here, just pickleball in general, some of the stats that are just, it's just taken off. You know, it's, uh, we live in Florida, Travis and I live in Florida, Sean, sorry, you're still in Louisville, Beth, you're in Syracuse, New York, Bailey, you're all over the country. Um, Florida. Chuck, we just got hula hoops like a week ago. So pickleball, I'm just excited. Finally made it. Hula hoops, is that what you said? <laughs> I mean, pickleball down here is just, is, is just, is just going crazy. When I went to the Daytona Beach uh, event, Travis, you know, that that location can only hold so many people. I actually had to park, I think, a half mile away in some park area. It was it was under a tree. We came out and it looked like every bird in Florida went on my car. I, I couldn't even gotcha. get it clean for a couple of days. But anyways, how can how do you see it expanding where you can have more people fanfare, more people watching live? Yeah. There's really only one way to go. It has to be just like any other sports league. And that's, that's the interesting aspect is, is pickleball going to follow tennis footsteps, which I really hope it doesn't. The individual tournaments are a snooze fest from my perspective. Um, you know, I'm loyal to St. Pete, obviously. Yep. St. Pete has the St. Pete athletic center coming up um, athletic club. You know, there's going to be need to be home and away games, just like anything else in a stadium for the Florida smash that can seat three to 5,000 fans where we can actually have, legitimate matches and a legitimate league. And I, I think it's it's trending that direction. There's been so many moving parts over the last 12 to 18 months that it's not there yet. You know, right now it's essentially just kind of exhibition events put together. 
that that create a season, but it's not a legitimate season. But that's where it's going. As long as it is the way it is now, it's hard to seat 3,000 people. It's hard to have um, legacy players and really build a team and build a following. And and certainly parking is a is a pain when you're a mile away. Yeah, that's uh, a it's a it's a it's a great point. I guess lastly, Travis, first of all, thank you again for, for joining us today. Lastly, is we're seeing, and you know, Sean talked about our executive offsite where, you know, as a business now, we're not golfing, we're not going to top golf, we're not going axe throwing. We're going to a pickleball uh, location. Or we're hearing about like um uh, I think there's a company Ch- chicken and pickle, and then you just mentioned St. Pete Athletic Club that's opening up that's gonna have the same type of hey, have meetings here, a venue. How do you see that continuing to expand kind of in the, in this whole business world as well? Well, I, I mean, I think you, you, you know, as well as anyone, Chuck, it's, it's a game where you can be social, interact. Um, anyone can play with anyone, which is I think rare. And the dynamic that it adds opposed to golf is I get to play you, you know, in golf, we play, sure. I'm yep. playing you, but I'm playing the whole in this. I can legitimately body bag you hit you in the te- chest and talk trash to you vice versa. Again, that wouldn't happen. But it's a nice idea. It's a nice idea, um, and and I think that's what makes it a lot more fun, right? So you can have a 25 year old intern come in and play an executive, and they can have great banter right away. Uh, yep. It's still a game. You can have a couple cocktails, maybe a few beers, and and shoot the breeze. You know, you're not dying out there unless you're playing in Florida and it's 100 degrees. You can play a little doubles, and and it's it's a lot more social and interactive, I think, than golf will ever be. Yeah, that's. It's a great point. And you're absolutely right. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of people, when I first started playing uh, pickleball, you know, oh, you live in Florida now, are you retired because you're playing pickleball all the time. How old are you? Like, it's like, no. You, yeah. you so I have a question, Chuck. Sorry. What is the youngest age, Travis, that people get involved? Because I've seen some of them on your program that are 16, 15, like. Yeah, really young. I mean, some of the best players in the world are really young. The girl who's the top female in the world is Annalie Waters. She's 16. She's been wow. playing. And is a, is a hell of an athlete. Like just the girl's a, a monster, no question. Uh, there's another girl, Georgia Johnson, who's actually on our team, also 16 years old, really talented, great hand speed. But I think the coolest part of the sport is even as I've been in St. Pete over the last 18 months, I've watched uh, Crescent Lake, the age demographic just slowly tick down. It's become a yeah. Friday night get together for people. Like you'll see six people tw- in their 20s having a few beers playing pickle on a Friday night. It's like, whoa, when did, when did this happen? You know, so suddenly awesome. it's, it's, it's cool and it's fun and, and people are, you know, you got some beasts out there playing with their shirt off, some pretty girls playing and it's, it's just a different world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Travis mentioned Annalise, she was the number one pick this year, right? A major league pickleball overall. Yeah. She was, she was one. Ben was two. Yeah. Number one pick overall, Annalise Waters. So <laughs> Travis, thank you again. Good luck this weekend. I believe in the next couple of weekends, you're, you're out of town. Um, you know, really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, appreciate, uh, you know, it, you're right. The St. Pete community and Crescent Lake park and in general, is just such a great community. One thing that, uh, I'll, I'll leave you with this, Sean and, and, you know, Beth and everyone else that's uh, listening here today. And the other three people that are listening, we don't have that many followers, but Travis would be out there any given day drilling with Graham D'Amico, who's also part owner of Florida smash or playing a singles match with another pro that's in town. Kyle Yates was not that long ago, or he might be just playing with the rest of us. And I think that's, what makes, uh, you know, not only pickleball community, but really appreciate Travis's. It, it's just, that's a type of person Travis is. So I really appreciate that, Travis. Appreciate that. Yeah. You'll get that body bag one day, Chuck. It'll happen. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, the only thing I picked up in this Chuck is body bagging. And I yeah. got to figure out how to well, do see, that. I was trying to be nice. So maybe you've not tag, body bagged me. Someone, I don't know. Just trying. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you do, it's like, cause you shanked it, it went to the side and I got rocked in the shoulder and then I'm like, Sorry, come on, yeah. maybe hit the net. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You clipped it somehow. That's, you know. so, all right. So I'll just blame it on Travis Chuck. I'll be like, ah, he, he mentioned the word. I got to figure out how to do it now. Got to body bag some people, Sean. It's important. <laughs> Travis, yeah. thank you very much. Pleasure meeting you and best of luck you to you in your tournament. All right, guys. Take thank, care. Thanks, Travis. Wow. Chuck, that was exciting, man. Thanks for inviting yeah. him. Yeah, like I said, it's he, he's such a, a great guy. It's you know, like you'll see him out there any given day. He'll put his paddle up. You, it's just like you go to the you go to the Crescent Lake pickleball. You put your paddles up and you get pulled into the next game. Whoever's yeah. whoever's up next, the next two players. Some days he's out there playing with just Graham. Some days he's playing with Paul Piccolo. Anyways, some days he just puts his paddle up. But by the way, when he gets on the court, he never gets off the court because you have to beat him to get. <laughs> you know, to get him off the court. So you'll never you'll never see him off the court once he gets on the court. But he plays with everyone. And, uh, you know, I think that's what makes uh, pickleball and the community in St. Pete and Crescent Lake uh, so, so fantastic. So, Sean, I'll see you in Vegas. Yeah. But real quick, let's tie this in a pretty bow because the transition that he made from tennis to pickleball, we and I, you and I like to say situational fluency. Right. Yep. So in business with momentum, guys, that's that's the nature of our business. We're going to pivot as the times continue to change. Technology continues to change. And you've got to be smart. Find out what's the next big thing. So, Travis, thank you so much. It was it was interesting and great to hear your story about going from tennis to pickleball to watching that transition. But most importantly, now we get to take that same level of intensity and move into our business into momentum. So. Chuck, great seeing you again. I'll see you out on the pickleball court. Have a great Sounds Monday, good. everybody. Thanks, Sean.